0: Hey everybody, this is Matthew Soltiziak, and you're listening to Not the Same Old Lions podcast. Using my sportscasting background, I speak with a variety of guests and interview key players to gain more insight on what makes this team go. As the Detroit Lions enter a new gritty era, we'll look beyond just the kneecaps when it comes to the analysis. Welcome to another episode. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the addition on the O-line the unexpected turn of events coming full circle with the kicker position, and some OTA news, organized team activities. Hi, everyone. This is Herman Moore, and you're listening to Not the Same Old Lions Podcast. I'm joined by Coach Jerry Angers, named Michigan High School Coach of the Year, as well as Coach of the Week by the Detroit Lions. He's also mentored numerous players to the college level and some all the way to the NFL. Good to have you here, Coach.
1: Hey, great to be here, Matt.
0: In the last episode, late last week, I said we'd be taking a break unless something came up. Well, I guess I should have known better as there's more stuff going on with the Lions than we have seen in recent history. So there's always going to be something, it yeah, seems.
1: Totally agree with that. You can't uh, turn your back on those guys are going to do something. I mean, I'm just looking at the wardrobes that I want to get into. Those new sweatshirts, I think you and I should do one of those. I'll wear one with the, your face on my sweatshirt, and you wear one with my, fa- and my face on your sweatshirt, just like Campbell and Brad Holmes are doing.
0: I love it. That, <laughs> that is it's awesome. awesome. Yeah,
1: it's awesome stuff stuff so but yeah let's uh, let's dive into what we want to talk about
0: well let's start with the offensive line it's the strength of the team and this might not be a headline grabbing move here by the lions but it might be bigger than some people think they signed jermaine Effetti, offensive lineman for some depth i mean they have their starting five and we know graham glasgow's their top backup but bringing in more potential depth especially someone with game experience is pretty nice Effetti has started 83 games over seven seasons in the NFL playing right tackle and right guard and there's no guarantee that he even makes the final roster but I like that we brought him in it could be a nice depth piece depending on what he can show.
1: I agree with that or actually I think you said bigger move or not such a big move it's pretty big move that guy's a giant. Uh, he's, you know, they list him at six foot five, three hundred and twenty-five pounds, big bodied. You know, he had a great career to start out. You know, there was some things with him, you know, and, and if you were looking for an analysis, you know, his feet are a little bit slow, but boy, when he locks on you, he's great and stuff like that. Um, you know, he, he doesn't move side to side as well. You know, he had a few minutes. So again, it might be one where they look at and say, this is a guy that can, can that can plug a hole for us, give us some depth, maybe play that guard position and give us some backup and play both sides. Plus, he's a veteran, he's been a league. you know, another one thing, I don't know if you saw this about they were talking about possibly he's the guy coming in to help teach some of the younger guys, you know, again, because he's been around.
0: This is his seventh season in the NFL. It will be his eighth season. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean I think that's one of the things you look at. And and again, these guys, you know, see something, somebody that can come in, you know, it doesn't cost us a ton, but somebody that can come in and possibly help some guys. Uh, in a pinch, he can jump in. I mean, we had, we had pretty good success last year with a guy who never even saw the field and jumped in and skipper. So, yes, I we mean, did. <laughs> right? I mean, so, you know, this is another one of those things.
0: And it's always nice to add some depth because as we saw last year, having depth is crucial especially even at one of your strengths.
1: Oh yeah for sure that and, and again we don't know how how um uh, Brady's back's going to be you know what I mean is, is that back going to come back is he going to come back to health or we're going to have to need to spell him so you know I guess it's just another one of those insurance policies to make sure that we we stay on top of on top of the depth chart.
0: Makes sense well now let's talk about the kicker situation because that has evolved a bit and I've done a little <laughs> digging here so They brought back Mike Badgley on a one-year deal earlier this spring, but they didn't draft anyone. And we thought they might, but maybe part of the reason they didn't is the top two options went in rounds three and four of the draft, so that's a little early for most people liking. Then, more recently, they brought in John Parker Romo, the XFL kicker. Fast forward to this past week. Word hit the web that the Denver Broncos had cut Brandon McManus, their field goal kicker. Social media went wild, as they do with any little thing. And they said, let's get this dude. I mean, he's got a name. It's McManus. He's been kicking in Denver since 2014. Do you, out of curiosity, remember why he became the kicker in
1: 2014? Uh, Which one? What was the reasoning on that again?
0: Uh, I think it is because they cut their more expensive kicker, <laughs> yes. Matt Prater. That's right. I they didn't want to keep yeah. him. They went with McManus, and mm-hmm. that worked out pretty well for the yeah. Lions. Right, right, right.
1: Yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that. So it's, uh, and again, we got full circles coming around on this one, right?
0: They do. And so bringing Prater in at that time for us brought stability after mm-hmm. a rocky transition away from Jason Hansen. Mm-hmm. That also, full circle, brought Matt Prater back to Detroit, which is actually a place he started his career. He was kicking for the Lions in preseason, but Jason Hansen was still holding things down, so Detroit obviously let him go, and Denver took a shot, and it worked out well. So McManus hits the streets, and many Lions fans were clamoring for him. Even some of my relatives who are Broncos fans, they're like, well, if Denver's let him go, maybe Detroit can go get him. And at first, I thought that sounded great, but I thought I should double-check some facts, look at some stats. And after all, McManus was going to make almost $4 million this past year. He did have a little bit of a down year this past season with a 77.9% success rate. But one year can be an aberration. So you don't want to just go on the latest stats. So I looked at the last three years. He also was at 839 and 82.4%. So how does that compare to Michael Badgley? Well, Badgley was 83.3% last year for the Lions in just 12 games. And then he had one game for the Bears where he was at 100%. The year before that, he was in Indianapolis and kicked it at 85.7%. So, Lifetime, these two kickers are actually less than a half a percent different. So, after seeing that, I really wasn't that interested in pursuing McManus. And I know this is a long story, but it's a deep story because what comes next was Jacksonville went and signed Brandon McManus. And I was actually, I found this out because I was talking to the senior sports writer for the Traverse City Record Eagle, James Cook. Oh, yeah, you know
1: James well. Great guy.
0: And he said, you're never going to believe it, but Jacksonville signed McManus. And I just started laughing because I said, well, James, you know who Jacksonville's kicker is, right? And he goes, yeah, Riley Patterson. I'm like, yeah, that's the kicker we let go last year to keep Austin Seibert. Now, Patterson kicked in the playoffs for Jacksonville last year, and he was at an 85.7% successful conversion rate for the season last year for the Jaguars. The year before, when he was in Detroit filling in, For our injured cybert, he was a whopping 92.7%. So it's interesting because apparently Jacksonville was just going to waive him. But the Lions swooped in and offered a conditional pick to bring him back. Now, there are some people who are not thrilled that we're offering up a draft pick. But it's a conditional one. And it's a year or two away. I've got to tell you, I'm happy we are doing this. Because if we go back a year ago to 2022 even though I read a number of analysis saying that Patterson was losing the training camp battle last year to Seibert, I really liked what Patterson did filling in in 2021 when Seibert was injured. And so now we're going to get Riley Patterson back in the fold mm-hmm. for now, at least, because the for crazy sure. thing is we have three kickers on the roster and obviously we're only going to keep one field goal kicker. If I'm honest, I'm happy with this training camp battle. It wasn't that long ago that we didn't have a single kicker on the roster, right?
1: Yeah, you know, I that's for sure, and I think that's one of the things you look at. You know, they're they're getting back into their, you know, developing that camaraderie, but they're also developing that um, chemistry where guys are going to have to earn their spots. And I think the competition part from that is going to be huge. You know, you look at the XFL, USFL. I mean, we got all these guys. We get to see these guys on film, even though it's a different stage between the NFL. Now you're talking who's got the big leg, who doesn't have the big leg, who can get the big field goal. And I think your your competition is gonna it's gonna breed it's gonna breed well. Force and whoever wins that we know is going to be solid. Anyways, I I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, again, um, competition breeds winning, and also it's it's fun to see a bunch of kickers compete as well.
0: Well, and also as you said, that competition part, what that could do is further motivate. Not that you need it, but if you looked for it, it motivates someone to work even that much harder. So yeah. it's one of those things that will elevate the individual player's game and therefore better benefit the team. Now, in addition to that. I don't know if this is much of a factor, but McManus is 31 years old, Badgley's 27, and Patterson is 23. So that makes me happy that we went the route with Badgley and Patterson. The deep ball, you mentioned that. Well, McManus has a long ball of 61, but he kicked a lot in Denver, and home altitude helped. He's kicked a lot more field goals of 50-plus. I looked that up. He's 40 of 72 on 50 yards or more, so that puts him at about 55%. Badgley hit a 58-yarder his rookie year, but he tends to be in the upper 40s or low 50s. He's only attempted 13 (laughs) 50-yard-plus field goals in his career. He's made five of them. That puts him at 38%. And Riley Patterson's had even fewer attempts. He's only kicked a 53-yarder. He's two for four, so that puts him at 50%. Now, not sure what will separate these kickers, but as we talked about, that competition... The familiarity with Patterson helps, and I think this is a good spot for the Lions kicking game. I think you've got three guys in there. We're going to have a solid kicker going into the season. I like our position much better than I did a year ago. Even though Patterson's back in there, in that room, we have some other elements in there. So I'm more optimistic than I think a lot of people are.
1: Yep, yep. I, I agree with you. And Patterson, like you said, who he kicked for last year, was there any big games he kicked in? And that he made big field goals. You know, those are the things that they look at and found. Again, we don't go. We don't have time to go through all the tapes and everything they're going through. But you know, you start lining up big games, big kicks, playoff games, college playoff games, college big game bowl games, and you start looking at those, and you say, okay, this guy maybe with a little competition will will rise to where he where he belongs, and that's at the top.
0: Well, and that's the thing. Riley Patterson gained some valuable experience mm-hmm. last year in Jacksonville throughout the regular season and in the playoffs. Yes. And whoever we end up keeping as our kicker. Their price tag is not going to be near that $4 million this year, so that also helps us with the salary cap For sure. Let's take some quick hits here from organized team activities. What are some things you've been hearing coming out of OTAs?
1: Well, I think the, the big thing was, you know, I think we talked about earlier, Walker's back. Uh, he looked good. Um, there's, you know, the situation is the backers are filling into place. They got a lot of guys, you know, with, with Campbell. You know, he looks the part. You know that's one of the things I read his back couple of his backups again. I'm going to push Trevor Nowoski, um, but he looked he looks good. I mean, when you look at him in the one picture on uh, Twitter, one of the online's I saw, they look like twins. They both had the same body, big frame, tall. um, So that you know that's what I heard. Uh, I I know Branch has made some plays. You know the 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 one the one handed catch. You know, and again, we're not there like we we talked about before. We're not there to watch everything and say. But these are things you see And when you you know you're seeing enough pictures, enough film um, that that. you know they, they did a nice job at fitting some players in there and then of course you know we had a couple of those minor injuries you know it'd have been like the, nice to see uh our our prize running back uh take off a little bit but uh, he showed enough i mean we we saw him on film so we're pretty good but that's you know that's some of the some of the uh nuggets that i've i've heard or seen or read
0: yeah and then you you're right that Tracy Walker thing I mean, if he is ahead of schedule and if he is in form and I mean, the man seems motivated as much as any player I've ever seen come back from an injury, just from his own posts on social media and the things we're seeing, that if he comes back at full strength, that's one more addition to a secondary that's already looking pretty scary good. Oh, for
1: sure. And, And a leader and he comes back healthy. He's hungry, you know, and you know what happens when a lion is hungry? They eat.
0: They eat In the sky, or at least at the top of the roof at Ford Field is the limit for these guys, that we might blow the top of that Ford Field Stadium off. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I like that. That'll that'll be good.
0: Well, let's talk about what we're talking about right now, the hype. We have not seen this type of hype around the Lions in a long time. I am almost going to say I don't think there's a paralleled hype time we have seen. So that might be one of their biggest obstacles right now. And, And I'll also say, is it an obstacle? Because... They haven't won anything yet, not even last year. We won a bunch of games in a row. We won our last game of the season. We had a winning record, but we didn't win the division. We didn't qualify for the playoffs. Yet, there is hype like I have not seen, even since the Matthew Stafford, Calvin Johnson, and Adamic and Suh days. So, let's just pretend the hype is an obstacle, though, because social media is different today. Everybody is focused on the Lions, They are the darlings, the sweethearts of the NFL preseason, and we're not even to the preseason. So, Coach, I know you have had teams that have found themselves surrounded by preseason hype. How is that something that you as a coach would handle?
1: Well, I mean, potential is a scary word. I mean, you know, injuries are scary. Uh, Things don't go well in practice is scary. You know, uh, some tragedy or something on the back end happens is scary. I mean, there's a, there's so many ingredients that go into. We, we talked about this: the pie, the piece, you know, putting those pieces together, that it's hard to do. You know, and we we've had we had you know a couple, two, three years where people talked about how great we were going to be, and then we suffered some of the biggest losses we've ever seen. And but we turned it back around and 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 you know got on the right track to you know to go to Ford Field twice in four years. And I you know you talk about that stuff. And as a coach, you have have your pulse. You know, we talked about Campbell and and those guys having their pulse, you know, feeling the pulse of each player. You know, you also have to calm that pulse down. And, and, you know, we're all drinking the Kool-Aid. We're all excited, man. I've been watching these guys a long time, and, you know, from the playoff games at the Silverdome till now, and and I'm, I'm as fired up as anybody. I mean, if I if I get a tidbit or something on, on Twitter, it's going out to my buddies across the country. You know, guys, my, my buddies that are Ravens fans and, and stuff like that, about how good we are going to be. You know, you see Campbell and Holmes and the coaches and people excited.
0: Everyone's I, having fun with this stuff. You yes. saw it from the
1: shirts at the press conference yeah. to every level. Yeah, I agree, you know, and that's, and we talk about that again and so you know they're gonna have to they're gonna have to dial it down uh we come out of the gate we got to get through you know we got to get through OTAs we got to get through the summer we got to get through the preseason and then we get to play that one team that's pretty good and the first game of the year but I'm going to stay on the train I'm going to keep riding it. I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. But also as a Lions fan, um, we always say, oh, yeah, they were going to do this, but now they may do this. That's not what's going to happen. What's going to happen if they do go backwards a little bit or something happens, it's going to be... Uh, a major reason, whether it's a major injury or something like that, it's not going to be because of the coaching staff. It's not going to be because of the players, because I believe everybody believes in themselves, and and I and I can't wait to watch them. I mean, and when they go, you know, thirteen and four next year, or twelve and five next year, or or eleven and six, I'm going to be happy because I know where we're heading. We're heading in the right direction.
0: That's right, because as Taylor Decker said, these are not the same old lions, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have bought in and believe that. So as a coach. When your players are hearing all this stuff, what message do you give them just to keep them focused?
1: Well, I think that's the thing is, you, you know, look in front of you, you know. You can't lie to... But, you know, only yourself. You know, you can't lie to yourself. You can't lie to the guy upstairs. You know, so are you doing what you're supposed to do to uh, believe in this hype? You know, paper, numbers, things, hey, we're rated number one in the state of Michigan. So what? Where where are you the last week of the season? And I think those are things they got. You know, they have some momentum to build on. But, you know, they're going to also, the coaches, as a coach, you always make them feel like they're not as good as they are. And you always make them feel like the team you are playing Doesn't respect them. You know, and I think, and and you come up with some tidbits weekly. You know, you come up with something weekly about you know we're going to focus. You know, we did one one year with it. We called it the trap game. We were playing a team that we were far superior than them. And I, you know, we give them. A, everybody's got a mousetrap in their pocket. If they start thinking they're good or they're reading their uh, press clippings, we had them snap their finger with a, with a mousetrap. Just kidding. We didn't actually have them snap it. I think some of them did it. But but those are things that you do as a coach. Those are things that you have to believe in. And and the good thing about is the Lions fans, the Lions uh, players, the coaches are still hearing, we could be good. There may be the same old Lions. We haven't won anything yet. There's a ton of motivation there for the Lions to keep moving forward. I don't care how hyped up everybody is. There's always something we can pull out of the woodwork or off Twitter that says, oh, they're going to lose nine games. Okay. It's probably not very many people saying that, but we're gonna. they're going to use it, the coaches.
0: Well, probably just look at some of the teams that aren't a vision. They're the ones that are likely to smack talk us yeah. the most. But you have that every year where there is a team that's overhyped. I remember when I was living in the D.C. area, the year that the Washington franchise went out and got Deion Sanders and Bruce Smith, <laughs> and it was like, on paper, this team looks great. Now, that was a very different situation where they were pulling people in from the outside. We are not built that way. We've been building from within and making very strategic right. things. But... It's a good reminder that just because people say you're good doesn't mean you are good. You actually have to go prove it out on the field.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that's that inner, you know, inner feeling from each one of the players and stuff like that, that they're going to say, God, I'm a pretty good football player, but I want to get better. I just read that thing on Hutch today, and I think I sent it to you too. I mean, he, he feels faster, stronger, quicker, coming out. Talk about a guy that could sit back and go, man, I had a great year as a rookie, and I got a big, huge contract. We don't have those guys okay I'm, I'm sorry I just don't think we have those guys Hutch is going to do everything he can do to make this team win Houston's going to do everything he can do to make this team win Kaminsky's a division two guy that wants to come out and make this team win we want to stay here and be the ones that turn this around who you, you know you can read about in the papers it's gone they turn it around and, and go to the Super Bowl they're never paying for a meal in Detroit ever because this town and place will go crazy over those guys going they finally somebody has bought us back to 1953 right i believe that was it so anyways and again i'm getting a little excited right now but let's go that's
0: exactly right you're exactly right they would never pay for another meal in detroit (laughs) bringing that home (laughs) so so you're right we got the summer to work through and so you had that experience where you had a team extremely talented Mm -hmm. and everybody was talking about them and you managed to guide that team all the way to ford field to the state championship Mm -hmm. game I'm sure we'll talk about this again as we get towards the regular season, but what was your message through those summer workouts to your players and to your staff?
1: Well, we, one day at a time, you know, I mean, it's the old cliche, one day at a time, you know, get 1% better, do whatever you want to do. We went into the uh, mantra on the, on the 19 team and, and other teams in the past that uh, t- we have to win today. If we don't win today, we're we're behind the eight ball. You know, we have to win today. Whether it's in the weight room, whether it's uh, community service, whether it's working on our grades, whether it's uh, playing another sport, whether it's going to a family reunion, and so you got to win those things. And that's the mantra, you do. But you also have to give them that goal in that situation, um, and which which is what you're going to do. You know, it was easy for me to put. You know, all of a sudden I'd, I'd send all the thing through huddle a picture of Fort Field. Not, didn't say anything, you know, because that was the the whole thing was, oh my God, can we get there? But again, you don't take care of those weeks prior to going to that. You're not going to make it. You know, we did a stepping stone where each week I, I ripped off a step and there was a quote and stuff in there for them to, to look at, you know, you know, they're, they're going to be able to get these guys motivated within their selves daily to say, I want to be there and not worry about what's going on around them. And I think, I think that's what, I think that's what you're going to see. And it's the same thing on when your volunteer workouts and things like that, you know, you hit that 90%, 95%, or you get a guy coming, Hey, I'm not there today. I was at a wedding. I was at a family reunion. And these guys are, Hey, I'm training at my own facility. And that's, that's where they're going to reach their potential.
0: Well, like you said, the hype train is here. We are both on it and we're not newly on it because we have been fans for longer than some fans have been alive. Mm-hmm. And we have seen some peaks and some valleys, and we are excited with the direction of this team, especially under the new leadership of Sheila Hamp, Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, and the group of coaches and players that they have assembled.
1: Yeah, oh, I, I agree, and I think that's one of the biggest things when you know, Coach Campbell's giving her the game ball after a game and stuff like that when she's in a locker room and you can just see the support that she has given the staff and 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 the players and the and the people around them. And I think that's one of the things you you continue to look at and realize uh, everybody's got everybody's on the same page, everybody wants the same thing and that's Super Bowl. And that's how you make it, right? It's
0: not just the talent. It's coming together as a team, as an organization, and things seem to be coming together in that manner. Mm-hmm. Coach, thanks for joining the show today. I love your insight, your perspective that you can give the listeners who rarely, if ever, have been behind the scenes the way you have. It is priceless.
1: Well, I appreciate it. And again, uh, enjoy doing it anytime we can talk about the the Detroit Lions. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks.
0: Please subscribe to Not the Same Old Lions podcast to get alerts about new episodes. Tell your friends about the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Sultesiak and check us out on YouTube as well. And until next time, stay gritty, my friends.